Whether it's from a lack of natural athleticism or a commitment, or you had overbearing sports parents, whatever it is, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shields don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, that's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday evening. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Shield Kapadia, and Marissa Morris on the ones and twos here for another episode. And uh, we've got lots to talk about. We're going to get to the bird on the street. We are going to get to the Squall 22 as the Eagles prepare for Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. But we start with the question on everybody's mind. Sheil, can you wink? Rigatoni. <laughs> yeah, come on. No one rolled there. You got to roll the R's. I mean, come on. What's more fun than that? Uh, I can wink. Uh, I can roll the R's as well. Yeah. I was surprised that you were surprised that like some people couldn't wink. I, I knew some people can't wink. I have never heard of that. Hmm? Odd. Okay. It's uh, Is it odder that I haven't heard of it or odder that Zach can't do it? No, odder that you haven't heard of it because mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who can't wink. Okay. And what about you on the tongue thing? Can you do the tongue thing? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. Well, there we go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's bring in our Stone Cold's newsman. Let's send it over to Zach Berman for the latest on the Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't know if I was waiting for the music. <laughs> I'll put it in post. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so, yeah, so there's... There's much. Leave that in. Leave that in. Yeah, leave that in for sure. There's much to discuss uh, tonight. First off, we haven't had a podcast since Sunday. We found out that Dallas Goddard is going to miss some time with with an ankle injury. He went on injured reserve. Avante Maddox going to miss some time with an ankle injury. Not on injured reserve, but not expected to play. Deshaun Jackson, day-to-day right now with a hamstring injury. Doug Peterson's optimistic about him playing Sunday against the 49ers, but I guess we'll we'll believe it when we see it. Uh, Jason Peters, who left the game on Sunday, nothing to worry about there in terms of the injury, but that's a tease. Doug was just Doug was just like uh, he. It was just a lot of plays. He was yeah. Old. That's but 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 that's a tease for what's about to come. And then also Jalen Rager mm. uh, belatedly put on injured reserve. Went on injured reserve today, even though he underwent surgery Thursday. So the Eagles today have 52 players on their active roster. 13 of them were either absent or limited at practice. Uh, that, that that shows you where the Eagles are right now. Jack Driscoll, Jamon Brown. Is it is it Jamon or Jamon? I believe it's, it's Jamon. Jamon. It's Javon Hargrave. Yes. Yes, Javon Hargrave, Jamon, Jamon Brown. Brown. Jack Driscoll, Jamon Brown, and Jason Peters all missed practice with illnesses. Okay, so that is something to obviously monitor here in the next 24 to 48 hours. As we discussed, uh, when I missed, now not to conflate my status with uh, with a player on, <laughs> on, 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 on the Eagles, but when we kind of gave the behind the scenes that if you have any symptoms of, of, of any type of illness, you're not allowed in the building. 
Uh, so we don't know. Or if you have been in contact, ex- close contact with someone who has symptoms. Exactly. And that's clearly, there are clearly three offensive linemen there. Uh, so, but, but that is something to obviously monitor and there's heightened awareness about that. Now, did not practice because of injuries. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, calf injury. Uh, that is partly attributed to why J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had his snaps limited on Sunday. There was something that came up before the game. But clearly, there's also a production issue there. Fletcher Cox. Yeah, it would be tough. It would be tough to replace him um, on Sunday. You know, replacing his zero yards and zero catches. Yes. Uh, Fletcher Cox, ab injury, oblique. Uh, from what we understand, played through it last week. I would imagine he's going to play through it again against the 49ers. Rudy Ford, groin injury. We knew about that one. He has <laughs> been uh, week to week, so we'll see how he progresses. Deshaun Jackson, hamstring injury. We discussed that. Avante Maddox, hamstring injury. We, oh, I'm sorry, ankle injury. We discussed that. Trevor Williams, rib injury. Did not practice. Typically, <laughs> we would not kind of spend a lot of time talking about a Trevor Williams rib injury. No offense to Trevor Williams or the Williams family. Yeah, let's do the whole show on it. <laughs> but that is notable because Trevor Williams would be the next outside cornerback after Avante Maddox. So unless the Eagles plan to move Craven LeBlanc or Nikel Roby Coleman over to the outside this week. Trevor Williams is in line to start. So pay attention to whether that rib injury keeps him sidelined on Thursday or Friday. Clearly he's someone who needs practice time this week. Then limited Alshon Jeffrey foot injury. Uh, we know they're ramping up his activity. We don't know if he's going to play Lane Johnson ankle. I think that's more maintenance. You can expect to see him. Jason Kelsey rest. And then Miles Sanders glute. Uh, so pay attention to Miles Sanders' status here as well. Mm, watch his behind, essentially. Yes. You know, I, I'm genuinely uh, curious about our listenership and sort of where their where their heads at with what they want to hear. Uh, you know, at this point in the season, because it's sort of I feel like people are already having a lot of big picture conversations. Coach, GM, quarterback, future, 2021. At the same time, as you know, Zach had the great line in the postgame pod that uh, I think it was what September twenty seventh, right? <laughs> yes. And now it's September thirtieth, so we do have a long way to go. And so I, I am interested. So you know, chime in, uh, leave leave a review. Let us know if this thing goes south here, even uh, more south in the next three weeks, if they're 5 and one, like, is there a point? Do you want us to talk about all these, you know, sort of the day-to-day minutiae, minutiae? What's that? Wow, point? not even close. It's minutia. Minu- right? Minutia. Minutia. Oh, gosh, that was embarrassing. Let's edit that bad boy <laughs> out. Uh, minutia. minutia. Minu- minutiae? Is that what you said? <laughs> that, that's how it's spelled, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Min- minutiae. Oh, God. Wow, that's, that's a good well, one. you don't have to make them feel there bad about it. Uh, well... <laughs> Well, guess what? It's Minute from now on for me. So if you want to hear about the day-to-day Minute of this team, then uh, then continue to let us know. If you want us to uh, hit more on the big picture stuff, if there's a breaking point, let us know also. Because I have been around, you know, covering teams where, like, the season's over and it's week 16 – and you know, reporters are asking the coach about the 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 guard, who, you know, right. who, who is Trevor Williams' play. rib injury. Yeah, well, but but this is you know, we're only we're in week what, four. Week, week four, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, public public question. school education and Penn and state Penn State education. So I don't know what that says, but eh, here I am. Hmm. Don't don't uh, don't go too far dragging Penn State down into the gutter. We've got, uh, I believe, uh, a birthday girl tomorrow. <laughs> Who's a, a, a happy yeah, Penn State yes, grad? That's, that's correct. My wife's birthday is tomorrow, and she is a proud Penn State alum. No, oh, alum, I no. didn't know that. Yes, and my daughter's uh, eighth birthday is tomorrow. Oh, we got a du- we got a double family uh, birthday. That's fantastic. October 1st. Zach, let's let's make Bo do the rest of the podcast by <laughs> and uh, and uh, d- uh, dear listener David Duberstein tomorrow. So mm-hmm. really, really the triple D. threat. All right. Who of course. Uh, uh, very oh, God, tuned in <laughs> listeners will remember was part of the uh, JCCH team that beat me 69 to six back in Jubal in sixth grade. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. I still say minute, so that feels better. <laughs> well, the minutiae, I, I think uh, for the sake, because I, I understand what she saying. 
that at some point here we are going to have to pivot to big picture issues. We're not going to uh, the major two. Yeah, we're not going to focus as much on on whether the fourth string cornerback has uh, is out for practice on a Wednesday, but it is relevant this week because we don't know who's going to be playing cornerback or wide receiver for this team. Uh, their number two tight end is Richard Rodgers. Their number and obviously they like playing twelve personnel. Their number three tight end has never played tight end before. He's a wide receiver who mm. they're converting to tight end this week. So Hakeem Butler, yes. who they signed off the Panthers practice squad. Well, hold on. Uh, How about this? Completing completing the uh, player to be named later in the Rasul Douglas Sharif Miller trade. I mean, really, if you're gonna if you're gonna play twelve personnel more than any team in the NFL for the second consecutive year. Why don't you get somebody better than Richard frickin' Rodgers for your third tight end? Because guess what? There's a pretty good chance that those first two tight ends are not going to play all 16 games. I mean, unbelievable to watch that guy out there. You know, no disrespect to him. CTC, cash them checks. <laughs> you know, he's lined up against a slot corner from the three-yard line, and he gets pressed so bad that by the time Carson Wentz gets to him in his progression, Richard Rodgers is on the ground, literally on the ground at the goal line. And you can't throw him the ball, and this is and you're going to be playing this like sixty percent of the time. Yeah, really. I mean, you're, have you're some, preaching to the what, choir. What here. is your plan? I mean, really, what is your plan? If you knew you were going to do this, is how you wanted to play. Then how do you go into it? You know, you cut your guy's boy who signed with the Colts, no, and then you bring yep. back freaking Richard Rodgers. You cost me that dumb draft, whatever stupid game <laughs> was we played. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think all of that is fair. It's we've we've also, you know, that's what we've talked about. It's it remains ridiculous. Um, so there you go. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, Alex Singleton's really making the most of his special team snaps. There's no way you could have just brought him bump on the Monday. Anyway, Genard Avery. Uh, yeah, well, and Genard Avery. Genard uh, Avery, but play, oh, go was ahead. Play, was was playing left defensive end on early downs, on first and second downs, and or in the first half of that game, he's playing left defensive end. <laughs> I thought this guy was a pass rush specialist. Is that Jim <laughs> well, Schwartz? Well, I mean, you throw at him like that. You, you want to you you if you give me uh, a list of every defensive lineman in the NFL, and I'm the offensive coordinator, and I get to choose which guy I want to run at, I'm probably picking Jannard every number one overall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why? Why is he? Why are like the handful of snaps he's playing on first and ten and like second and thirteen in the first half? It's pretty funny. I, th- I thought that was Jim Schwartz now, giving giving the uh, giving the middle finger to the front office. Now I will say I do like the potential angle that uh, the the signing of Hakeem Butler and designated him designated him as a tight end is a possible solution to being like okay, Doug, we know you want to play twelve personnel, so here's a you know, wink, wink, tight end, and you just change all the wide receivers' positions to tight ends. So he thinks he's playing twelve, but it's really eleven. I think that's a good idea. I actually like yeah, to keep up coming out of Iowa State. Happening. So, yeah, I'm good. A lot of people like. Yeah, it. so I'm curious. Well, he he at least you know what he's at least not the twenty uh, nine year old <laughs> right. who you had yeah. here two years yeah, ago. He's a new idea. And he's going to play like crap the crap crap again this time. You know, at least he's got some athletic traits. Guess what? He might suck. That's okay. Those are the guys you should at least be taking some shots on. Show a little creativity for once. Yeah, well, I totally agree with that. Uh, okay, on these injuries, though, if we uh, if we believe that the listeners do care to some extent about Sunday's game, uh, what are the ones that you think are, are most impactful, Zach? And uh, you know, what do we what do we need to be monitoring the closest? I would certainly say I would say Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, because if the Eagles don't have one or both, and again, we don't know what's going on with Alshon yet. We, when he started practicing last week, Doug Peterson said that uh, he's he wasn't quite ready yet, but certainly he's he's getting closer. But those are important to monitor because without uh, Dallas Goddard and Jalen Rager, the Eagles are really thin at the skill position players. So if those two guys aren't in the lineup, you're looking at. Uh, you're looking at last year's lineup without Goddard, basically, right? right. So, well, with Ertz, but Ertz was out. Oh yeah, and for, week for, seventeen, I guess for that one yeah, game, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that is the uh, that's really what you, what you have with the skill guys, and, and then I would just pay attention to Trevor Williams only because the Eagles kind of box themselves in at cornerback. They had Avante Maddox and Craig James as their two guys on the outside after Darius Slay going into the season. Now both those guys are hurt. 
Uh, and and that's a even though the Niners are a run heavy team, you would think the starting cornerback opposite Darius Slay is is, is pretty important. Uh, and then other than that, I would just say I, I I wouldn't necessarily worry about the offensive line injuries, but I would definitely pay attention to these illnesses. Yeah, I mean three guys with an illness is uh, certainly a red flag, and it does remind us to uh, mention the fact that. Hashtag Marissa's Titans are in some hot water. Marissa, how are you feeling? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little more concerned about like their player health over there. Well but said, Marissa. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You're you're, you're, you're saying you're saying <laughs> the right things. You. Yeah. But yeah, of all the teams um, mm. that it was the Titans is uh, a little interesting for uh, there you go. my eight and a half season uh, <laughs> under. Yeah. But... Let's do it. You knew what you knew what was going on. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> So yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're saying Monday or Tuesday they could play, but well, listen, it's not even just that they might, you know, miss games or lose games. It's that if you're looking at the win-loss total, you know, you got two opponents: the team on the other side of the field and COVID. And right now, that's a loss. So, you know, the over/under. I think that factors in. It is uh, relevant to the uh, game being delayed for the Eagles. Because, of course, the Eagles' opponent in Week 5 will be the Steelers. So if the Steelers are playing Monday or Tuesday, that is a short week. Now, there are Sunday the Thursday turnarounds, of course, but both teams are doing that. So the Eagles would, in theory, have an advantage going into that Steelers game. I mean, the Steelers could play a doubleheader and the Eagles could get the back end of that and they'd still be favored by a touchdown. I mean, really, look at this team. Look at who started. Here's who started for the who, – here's who played for the 49ers on Sunday. Ready for these these players? Because I, I know that the injury excuses will come, and I'm not saying that they're uh, irrelevant. Obviously, when you lose guys, it hurts. You don't have a lot of depth. All those things matter. Here's who played for the 49ers. Nick Mullins, Jarek McKinnon. Brandon Ayuk, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jamichael Hasty, literally have never heard of that guy until back. I just yeah. read his name. Yeah, I uh, remember. Uh, uh, Funny Kendrick, name. Kendrick Bourne, Ross Dwelly, Jordan Reed, Trent Taylor, Mohamed Sanu, and Kyle Juszczyk. The, how, where do you think that ranks? I actually the, didn't know they had Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, he, he came in and he looked better than he did. He had one catch for nine yards, which is more than I think he had in his entire Patriots he might uh, lead. Yeah, he might lead the career. Eagles with that. So, so that's their offense. Would you say that's below average offensive personnel? <laughs> yes. So. Would you say that it was probably among the league's worst offensive personnel? Skill, mm-hmm. in yeah, at skill guys, absolutely. Yeah. At skill guys, uh, they had 29 first downs. They had 420 yards. They did not punt. They scored on seven of eight possessions. The one possession that they didn't score on was a missed field goal. So, well, Shield, listen, they had all are, those OTAs and, and minicamp to work it out, right? <laughs> I mean, there are ways to make it work. There are ways to find an edge. Well, the only reason they didn't punt is because they never found themselves in a tie game with 19 seconds left in overtime. Mm, that's true. Uh, mm. But okay. but uh, the the real brains of that 49ers operation was Rich Gangarello, right? Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I don't even care if we're getting to the Squall 22 yet. I mean, every freaking bootleg that this team runs – Carson Wentz turns around and there's a defensive end three inches from his face. I mean, this scheme that you brought this guy in for is literally ten, a hundred times worse than it was last year when you didn't have this specialist. I mean, am I wrong about that? Every no. bootleg, he turns around. They haven't made a play on a boot. I was looking up the numbers today. Among the worst in the league on play action, among the worst in the league on bootlegs. So fantastic job getting the assistant who got Kyle Shanahan his coffee for six months in, in Flowery Branch, Georgia, in 2017 or whenever it was. Well, you and know that what's was funny? Gonna the, fix one, the, the, one, the one big play they had a chance to hit, the first play of the game, Deshaun Jackson stumbles. Uh, and, you know, and it wasn't wide open. It was still uh, it was still right. tight coverage, but it was uh, it was a perfect throw for where he was supposed to be, and it would have been completed. Like the the one play that they had a chance to hit, you know, Deshaun stumbled. So it's really it's it's really like all over the place. They're they're messing up everywhere. I mean, the two things that that I I thought well, there are a lot of things, and I don't know who wants to rehash that game. So let's just talk yeah. big big picture. I mean, I, that what Zach just said about Scangarello was the thing where I, I'm looking at it going, 
I can't believe this. Like you watch all, all these other teams and the way they're getting to these bootlegs and the play action and the fake works and the defensive end crashes and the quarterback stands back there and launches a bomb downfield to a guy who's wide open. And theirs is like such a disaster. Uh, you know, this big scheme wrinkle. And then the other thing is their screen game is an absolute huh. joke. I mean, they, they leaned on this so much over the past three years. And I don't know if these numbers are are totally uh, accurate, but I think Sports Info Solutions had them down for a total of 11 yards on screens to running backs and tight ends in three games. That's not 11 yards per play. That's 11 yards total on running backs and tight ends. I mean, every single one, the defense sees it coming from a mile away. Uh, they're ready for it. Carson Wentz throws the ball away or it's a tackle for loss. So I don't know what's going on there, but that's something that was like a core uh, a core yes. aspect of their offense for years when they needed to uh, scheme up a big play or get a big play and other stuff wasn't working. They could lean on that. Well, they can't lean on that. Anymore. Let me ask. I'm, I'm curious, both your guys' opinions. I haven't even spoken to Bo about this yet. Uh, now, now I'm, 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 I'll read a part of a quote to you from Carson Wentz and let me know if this is just generic Carson Wentz sp- uh, speak that gets him to the next question. Or if there is something in this answer that's like subtle for us to read into. All right. So essentially, let me know if I'm reading uh, too much into this. The, the question was about his communication with Doug Peterson. I'm picking this up in the second sentence. Quote, there is a lot of opinions and a lot of really smart football minds on the offensive side of the ball. How we can mesh everyone's thoughts and opinions together and, 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 and everything. And obviously, Coach Peterson really sets the tone, has the final say on things. Um but that that part, there's a lot of opinions. That that stood out to me when when Carson said mm. it. Am I reading too much into it, or or do you think there's validity there? Uh, no, I mean that that's ex- that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like this coach is putting in these five yep. plays. This coach is putting in these five plays. This coach is putting in these five. Doug has a little menu. He picks whichever one he wants. Nothing works together. Nothing works off the other one. The players don't know what to do. They don't execute it well because there's too much being thrown their way. There's no uh, cohesiveness to the offense. There's nothing working together. There's little mistakes all over the place. So this was the worry when we had our, you know, 400 different conversations in the offseason, putting people to sleep about talking about the offensive uh, staff changes. This was the worry is that it was going to look exactly like it looks through three games. And I really think back to uh, what I was, you know, when I was watching the sidelines Mm -hmm. the other day, uh, you know, I I did not see like a lot of communication between Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson or really anybody else besides Nate Sudfeld and Press Taylor. You know, he would go to the bench and he'd look at the stuff with Press Taylor. Now, you know, he's got the headset, so he's he's talking to other people for sure. Uh, And Scangarello is is up in the booth, I think, in the games. Um, But the one time, like it's they're down seven. Uh, it's uh, or I guess they're not down seven yet. It was when they were down four and the Bengals were driving at the end of the fourth quarter and, and they ended up getting held to a field goal, so it was seven. That was the one time where, like, Carson and Doug carved out time. Like, Carson was – he he sort of, like, called for Sudfeld to bring the, the play sheet over so that he could, like, go through things with what he wanted for the next drive. And the next drive was the touchdown drive that they had to tie it up. And you know what they did? They went to, uh, you know, they went to tempo in 11 personnel. And, of course, they like they sort of had to go tempo. It was the end of the game. But it was also how they scored the touchdown at the end of the first half. And that's what Doug said on Monday. Like, uh, you know, we sort of got to get out of our own way and, and make things simple. And I don't know if it's like, uh, again, there are all these, like, moving parts and, and sort of uh, conspiracy theories about what's going on with Carson Wentz. But, like, maybe it is as simple as, uh, you know, 11 personnel up-tempo and see what happens. Because right after that, in the start of overtime, they go back to 12, and guess what? They get bogged down again. I know it's not that simple, but, like, I do think that, that there is something to uh, – they have to sort of get out of their own way and, and stop trying to make everybody else happy. This is Zach's, uh, Zach's Thursday night football point, right, Zach? Every, oh, yeah. We joked about it last year. Wait, <laughs> Every year does. He's good on Thursday go night. Ahead. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> he says, yeah. but honestly, this more feels like bad team bingo to me. Hmm. Okay, this is this is uh, sim- we're going to simplify things. That's one. 
uh, we need to stop pressing. I don't know if anybody said that this week, but that'll come. And then after that, you get the players only meeting and you get all three of those and you know, you're going to be picking in the top uh, seven or eight in this. Well, there was an interesting one this week there, which was Doug Peterson saying they need to play fast to unclutter. He used the word unclutter, not declutter, but unclutter Carson Wentz's mind. Uh, and they don't want Carson Wentz to be thinking. And it's it's interesting because that was kind of the approach they took with Nick Foles, and Nick Foles liked that, I feel like. Carson Wentz, uh, the the praise he's always received is that he's he's so sharp, he likes control at the line of scrimmage. Gangarello said before the season mm. he's an elite processor. And essentially what Doug Peterson's saying is, like, don't process, just play. Yeah, yeah. I remember Doug had talked about that in terms of the uh, pre, you know, the pre-snap stuff and the motions and the shifts and uh, checking at the line of scrimmage. I mean, this is not like a—I I don't know what kind of offense they think they're running. My impression of it is that this is not the most complicated offense right now. Like they're not reinventing football. Now maybe they are, yeah. you know, tr- trying to do a little bit uh, too much. But I mean, like every bad play on Sunday, it felt like it was a one-on-one matchup between whoever they chose they were going to throw the ball to, and that person usually lost, and Wentz either threw it or didn't throw it, and somebody was getting beat up front, and the play turned out to be a disaster. I mean, I I didn't see, like that interception to Zach Ertz on the right, I mean, that's like a predetermined throw. He's one-on-one, you know, that one is just annoying because it's one-on-one against a cornerback, and there's all this, oh, 12 personnel, you create these great matchups. Well, like nobody cares that you have Deontay Burnett (laughs) And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on the, like, they're not, like, you know, uh, having potty accidents because those guys are lined up on the left side of the the offense. And so they just put a cornerback on Zach Ertz. And guess what? That's not a great mismatch. And then Wentz predetermines, all right, I got a one-on-one there. I'm throwing it. It's a bad throw, and it's an interception. No chuckle at potty accidents? You guys are you're not uh, there? Oh, we're there. I liked it. We are there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's right. oh, oh, we're there. We are there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably why there was no chuckle. It's it's too real. <laughs> it is right. yeah, exactly. too close to home. Exactly. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, who's which who whose birthday is it tomorrow? Shiel. Naya. Hmm. She's what do you say? She's turning 8? Eight? 8, eight wow. years old. Unbelievable. Terrible. How's school going? Uh, I mean, listen, we to, I'm going to pull a zebra and we don't need to get into all that. Okay. <laughs> certain, certain topics actually are off limits. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, the old, School's the old, going the, fine. The there's oldest, no, of, the bir- the oldest of the Birds with Friends clan. That's right. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, is there anything else like newsy before we just get in full, full on to the Squall 22? The, the last newsy set, right? thing I would say is that Quez Watkins – they activated him, or they started his window to begin practicing. My guess is they will activate him to the 53, and uh, that gives them a, a little more speed uh, in the offense. Shield Quez Watkins is the Eagles' sixth-round pick. I know who Quez Watkins is. Okay, I'm just I, – I know. Well, yeah, you know, you always wa- get on me. You always get on me for not explaining who these guys well, are. Well, I, there's certain people I pay attention to. Okay. Quiz Watkins, if if you make a couple plays when I go to training well, camp, you then you're going to get and my I, number. And I'll tell you what, I actually think that if Quez Watkins plays, I think he will be targeted. Uh, like he very early on seemed to have something of a rapport with Carson Wentz, even more so than John Hightower. So, just oh, something that's to think good. About. Glad he hasn't played yet. Then <laughs> that's that's great. Well, he's, well, been, he's been hurt. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that I didn't really know. I yeah. thought he just wasn't playing. Uh, okay. Uh, well, then let's get to the uh, the Squall 22, the uh, the maestro. Sheila, what, uh, what do you have to, to tell us? Well, before we get to this Squall 22, I am kind of mm. hungry. I wish we could just hit pause on this podcast. I could go upstairs, grab a nice bowl of the fruity Magic Spoon cereal. You know, not nice turning eight eight-year-olds like. A magic spoon, I'll tell you that much. They like doing a little taste test. You pour a little bit in this bowl, a little bit in that bowl. You try them all out. You rank your favorites. And the best part is uh, this is not your your sugary, high-carb, unhealthy cereal that I know I had as a kid uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s, That the, the ones that were full of sugar and junk that you couldn't eat. This is much different. I mean, I'm talking about zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving 
Four flavors, cocoa, fruity, my favorite, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing. Honestly, too good to be true. It's uh, keto-friendly. I got that one right, right? Mm. That menu tie? Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and gmo Free again. Uh, I highly recommend the the fruity. I mean, you, you might like the others. I did like the frosted a bit. You know, I don't know if the kids have been eating the frosted. I might have to see if there's uh, any left for me to have a bowl of the frosted. But if you want to try this, here's what you do: you go to MagicSpoon.com/slash/birds. You grab a variety pack and you try it today. Be sure to use our promo code Birds at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. If you don't like it for any reason, and that's not going to happen, but they will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash birds and use the code birds for free shipping. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode of Birds with Friends. And 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 then once you have your Magic Spoon Sunday morning and you look at the clock and you realize the Eagles aren't playing until Sunday night, and you're looking for a little fun with all the football. Well, let me tell you, week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week four, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can bet a, or I'm sorry, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? Don't worry. If football wasn't for you, DraftKings is giving all you basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up, get in quickly because the finals are starting. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Just download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TOSS, T-O-S-S, when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during Week 4. Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code TOSS during sign-up. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. The profit boost terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for, for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you guys remember in the NCAA tournament when Bradley played Pittsburgh and, it, you know, the box score said Brad Pitt? <laughs> I do remember that no. game. I, I don't recall you, that you box remember score. That? Yeah, there's a box score that I see here because Wake Forest is playing uh, Campbell in football, and it so it says Cam Wake. Is that something? Is that interesting? I'll tell you what is interesting. When he was in uh, a class with me at Penn State, his name was Derek Wake. Really? Yeah, did a little mm. name change. Mm. Were you guys and friendly was he in a class? Wake? No, I mean it was like a oh, big. Okay. Uh, Mm. It might have been like a like a stat one hundred or something. I don't know. It was one of those in like the big auditorium, and uh, no. So we were not, we were not easily there. my worst performing uh, college class was statistics. Really? Because, yes, because I had taken statistics in high school, um, and Flex. and the uh, the policy it was like a it was a nine a.m. class, and the policy was if you missed more than three classes. Then, uh, or if you missed fewer three or fewer classes, you didn't have to take the final. And so, for the first few weeks, I tried to go to class, and then once I missed the fourth one, I was just not going anymore because I figured I had already learned everything. And boy, was I wrong. Mm. Zeberm, what was your toughest college class? Toughest college class was. Let me think here. I can go if you need a second to think <laughs> about it. Uh, I I have a few that yeah. come to mind. Uh, I, I tried to do, you know, this was back when like an online class was novel because mm. I'm old. So it was like, oh, I can take an online class. I don't even have to go. Uh, sign me up. Meteorology. Impossible. I mean, those guys. Wow. Uh, really had no idea what was going on. 
That was not. I for took me. that too, Sheila. Was it's it hard? Very hard. Yeah, yes, it's impossible. Very hard. <laughs> I mean, geez, you think you know it might be fun? You learn a little bit about weather patterns. No, they really try yeah. to take it to you. So that that was the only college class I I dropped. Uh, the other two that were tough. There was a buy side with my my uh, my freshman year uh, first semester which was sort of similar to what you were saying, Poe, where it was, I mean, I don't think you got rewarded if you went, mm. but you didn't have to go. And I'm like, I'm not going to this uh, thing. And, you know, just kind of uh, get by and uh, pass it. And then fine. And then the other one, which I, I don't know how I uh, passed because I don't remember understanding any of it, was accounting to 11. Ooh. Accountants. Wow. Yeah, not for me. Unbelievable. I'm going to guess that Zach's uh, worst college class was herbology. Herbology. Uh, no. it's, a, it's a throwback to the, uh, the insomnia cookie, cookie story. No, it was see, yeah. see uh, what I did there? Uh, neuroscience was, was a Whoa! I, uh, mm. Neuroscience? Yeah. What is a sports writer doing <laughs> taking neuroscience? <laughs> I, uh, I took, What's the matter with I you? I took uh, my, my senior year, I took emerging entrepreneurship uh, class, and that was really interesting, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't great. And, 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 and then there was a European history class that I took, that was a little difficult mm. as well. Those three uh, stood out, and and there was a political philosophy class that uh, should have been easy, or, or I, I, I I shouldn't say shouldn't have been easy, but like the the professor kind of gave everyone the same grade, and and uh, I I thought I deserved a better <laughs> grade than, than what I got, so I was a little <laughs> frustrated by that. Ooh. what do you what do you mean he gave everybody the same grade? <laughs> uh, he like. <laughs> <laughs> How did that just slip by? Like, no explanation. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like you got it was essentially there was like a baseline grade, and then mm. I don't know how you got uh, a higher one, but I thought I deserved a higher grade than than what I earned that year. Mm. So did you say something about it, or are you just no? Nah, that's the grade you earned, right? What are you gonna do? You mm. know, that's that's okay. It's it's like when the flag's on the field. What do you do? You know, you, you just go mm. on to the next play. Know, that's you, right. you throw a red flag. You, you challenge the call. I don't think you can challenge a penalty, right. can you? I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever like protested a grade. I, f- I find that so uh, re- like repugnant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why you would ever, how you would ever do that. There uh, are I'm people sad. who do that. Yeah. There are people who like go to the teacher and complain about their grade. Yeah, but I don't understand. You got what you got. Right. Okay. Yeah, all right. I mean, okay. Uh, all right. All that right. was uh, that was definitely the most useful <laughs> segment. On the show. Actually, here, let me uh, let me rip Bo real quick before we get to the sure. Squall 22. Uh, so I finally got a chance to listen to the, you know, the athletic NFL show, I think, Sunday morning before the games. I was catching up on some stuff. Oh, you wow. Know. This is a deep, this is a deep uh, dive. Uh, yeah. I heard you guys, you know, just wanted to say, you know, what, uh, <clears throat> what the tone was, were they repeating points? And I mean, geez, Bo, I mean, not only, you know, no name drop. For your other person on the show, Zach, you were fine, by the <laughs> Thank way. You. you know, you were, you were, uh, you know, you you weren't going uh, out of your way. Bo saying stuff like, uh, you know, Zach, we talked about the Eagles overcorrecting. Uh, Zach, we talked about. Uh, to, hello, there was a third person <laughs> talking with you about all this stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, but you weren't on. You weren't there. I think I mean, that's a reasonable thing. Then, then, well, you know, the Eagles have more continuity. Hey, who wrote the? You couldn't give me a little continuity yeah. plug. The article, all right? And then listen. is Ed listen, is Ed Fang paying you like two hundred dollars <laughs> per name drop? I was wondering that I mean, that's well. fair. Yes. What yeah, that the is hell fair. is going yeah. on? I mean, <laughs> really, you mentioned Ed Fang before me. I mean <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'm so, I had to write it down. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Is the the whole Ed Fang thing. Is it's all it's all just a result of you forcing yourself into doing those uh, those nerd guides that the, the whole thing never would have happened if you hadn't forced yourself into doing those nerd guides. Well, even the whole thing, nothing happened. He has me on a podcast. Yeah, because guy, of the nerd guides. F- fun podcast. And then the next thing I know, anytime <laughs> I hear a sentence out of your mouth, you're mentioning it. <laughs> And you say it like everyone is just no. That was the other thing, Zach. I wanted to get your take on this. This was the other thing Bo did. He just did all his birds with friends jokes, even though he's yes. on the athletic NFL show. 
So you mentioned Chip Kelly, and he makes the reference. Oh man, the underhead on Zach's first Chip Kelly. <laughs> and no one has any idea. Like the, yeah, I thought. Like I got to give the birds with friends listeners a little something. What are you talking about? Like the athletic NFL audience has any idea what you're yeah. talking about? Th- then later, well, I mean, who's oh, to say geez. that that our audience isn't bigger? I don't even know if, if oh, Robert geez. knew what uh, you were talking about there. No, yes. no, he did. He he played it along yes. like he had. You have to. So that then bug. Oh, Zach, you're not going to say Josh Sweat like. <laughs> Like people listening to this yes. are like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, listen to me. That is the that's the exact same thing as on Bird on on this show when I say something that's like for ten people. That's the same thing. Well, yeah, but at least here, like people are aware of your nonsense. I mean, that's your first time on that show, and so that uh, that caught me. Then thank you to you know uh, Robert Mays was the fun the guy who actually gave me a shout out there uh, at the end. So appreciate that. All right, Squall twenty two. I mean, really, do people care? Yes. <laughs> They do. All right. Let's get to some big. Here's what I'm. Here's what I'll, I'll get to. Let's get to some like uh, the the big notes. All right. So obviously Carson Wentz is one of them. Uh, I thought, I I think he's gun shy. I think they've coached the aggressiveness out of him. I'm not saying there were like a hundred opportunities to uh, hit plays downfield, but there were certain instances where you felt like he could take a chance on a play that would have gained more yards, and he was more than happy to take the check down. But are you're not like charting checkdowns, are you? No, I'm not trying to check down. Okay. But I can, um, I mean, I can like search by uh, who the target is and then, um, I mean, it's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, I don't know if it, it certainly feels that way with the eye test that there are just like so many check downs yes. now where he's trying to avoid a mistake and he's just trying to, you know, do what the coaches tell him. And I really think it's a, a big mistake from it, the coaching aspect and you're not going to get the best out of him by coaching him. Uh, this way. I almost feel like after that interception against the Rams, they should have just been like, next play, next play, let it, you know, what was the old let it rip? Is that Andy or Doug or uh, keep firing, right? That's the Andy, uh, Andy thing. I feel like that's sort of how you have to coach him because this version of him is not going to succeed. Uh, the inaccuracy continues. I mean, that missed to Miles Sanders. Geez, that was one of the best routes any yes. guy ran all day. Uh, you know what I've actually been disappointed with? Uh, how do, what do you guys think about this? I feel like Miles Sanders has been matched up with a linebacker like a lot mm-hmm. and has not gotten the separation mm-hmm. or, you know, they haven't won with that as much as I feel like they think they should be winning with that. Well, Doesn't it feel yeah. like there's been routes where the guy's like keeping up with him? What's going on with that? I think that is right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the, uh, you know, the fatigue that they've been that they've been complaining mm, about and true. talking about. I don't know. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean, that, you would think uh, that's the one place where they actually have an offensive mismatch. Yes, right. Yeah, uh, but that that route was great—a sluggo, uh, you know, great separation. That that's a fi- I think it's a fifty-three-yard touchdown if uh, if Wentz puts the ball on him, but uh, he overthrew him, and so that that was a very big miss in the game. And like these wide receiver screens, I mean, he's turning the receiver like back to the line of scrimmage mm. every time, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm sure it's uh that might be like a mental thing. That might be like a Chuck Knobloch type thing or something, but man, he is having trouble with those. And, and then I think it was overtime. He had like miles. It was a designed play. I think it was like miles Sanders in yes. the flat. I think miles Sanders came in ocean. I mean, in motion and he threw that little worm ball uh, into the ground. And so, I agree that the coaching staff is not doing a great job, but when we say that, they don't have enough like gimmies and layups. Like he's missing a lot of the gimmies and layups too. And so it's, it's always hard to just uh, put it on uh, one person versus others. And it, it is hard because at the same time, there are lots of plays where there is nobody to throw to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so it like everybody is bad. The whole offense is bad. Um, so, you know, it's not just Wentz. It's not just Doug. They're both, you know, or, or, if you want to just say the coaching staff in general, they're all they're all terrible through three games. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it just felt like man coverage. Let's go to our best matchup is kind of predetermined. It wasn't waiting for a guy to separate, and it's leading to uh, unsuccessful plays. I, I mean, Jason Peters, you guys kind of hammered it home in the post game pod. Film was as bad or it's worse, so bad. maybe, uh, than it looked live. I mean. I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I, it might be a good thing that they don't really have a great replacement on the roster, I guess, because it, maybe it won't be a tough decision. But I think you went into the season hoping you could get like competent average play out of him. And uh, that that was not competent average play 
on Sunday, and it came in bad spots. I mean, that sack killed the drive. Later, it was a sack fumble. They recovered, and that's not a great pass rush. Those aren't like Pro they came Bowl in. They came ends. second to worst in the league. I mean, a two game sample, yeah. however, but still second to worst in the league coming in. So, pass so Lane Johnson today uh, was asked about Jason Peters, and, and actually, it was it was Les Bowen who who phrased it to Lane like, "We don't get a chance." talk to Jason. Uh, so, uh, so, can you, so like, can you explain to us what's <laughs> happening? And, uh, what Lane said was that it was, it was technique there that here, I'm going to pull it up specifically here. Uh, a couple of the perimeter sacks he gave up. We, we were watching the film together. I think he just messed up with his right hand getting shoved off. I think when he, he gets to his third kick, he just missed, he just missed with his hands a couple times, which he usually doesn't. Uh, so, so that was a very technical explanation for what happened. That doesn't really pass muster either. It's like, very detailed, though. It's good. Yeah, I like it. But <laughs> like the whole thing is, is he, his technique is supposed to be good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so anyway. And I also, like, it wasn't much. just one play. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, he was their worst offensive lineman, I thought, easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a play on the, uh, the third down in the red zone that I referenced earlier where Richard Rodgers got shoved to the ground. I mean, the personnel in the game on that play, it's, it's, did you already tell, you didn't already talk about this, did you? On that play? Yeah. No, was it, was it, okay. I'm guessing it was, yeah. It, well, was this 12 or 11? Because it, was 12. Ertz out there? Yeah, so it's, it's Rodgers, Ertz, and what was it, Burnett and Hightower? J-Jaw, Hightower, oh, and, and, and Corey Clement in the backfield. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know what was up with them playing playing Clement more than Bosco in this game. I mean, it was a handful of carries, but still. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, so and then Jaw doesn't even play in the second half because of the because the injury. But yeah, I mean, they're the the personnel is, is uh, trashy to Jones. I mean, we all you know appreciate what Clement did during that Super Bowl season, but. Really, you look around the league, and how many times are do you just have red zone on, or if you're scanning the fantasy waiver wire, and like a running back pops up who you don't know much about, and he had a monster game? You know that that's how you approach the running back position. Like you should be taking some swings on guys who don't cost a lot of money and who can be really good. And you know they're throwing Boston Scott and Corey Clement out there. Like if Sanders goes down, you just have to abandon the running game. That's not how it is for the majority of teams in the NFL. Like they have a number two guy or at least a guy with some upside with a chance to come in and play really well. So that's another area where I feel like they've mismanaged the roster. Well, they have a. I mean, they they do have a couple guys even below those guys who are who are sort of lottery tickets and in Huntley who played mm-hmm. Week One and then you know Killens on the practice squad. Um, so, I mean, I, I think at some point, maybe it's just, you show, you show Clem at the door. Yeah. Let's see him. But yeah, I'm happy to churn those guys. Okay. Um, well, you don't have to do it, uh, personally. <laughs> that might be a little odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Peterson thing, you know, you guys already discussed the, the pun, obviously I thought that was uh, ridiculous. I mean, I just thought of the, all the stories I wrote in 2017 of how aggressive this guy is and it's. Frank Reich and John D. Filippo and Zach Ertz and Lane John. Like, I remember just having all these conversations. It was a huge storyline for winning the Super Bowl is how aggressive your head coach is and how much faith he has in the in the players to go out. I remember Zach Ertz. You know, I, I wanted to do it like an analytics story. And so I remember asking Ertz, <clears throat> you know, does he go over like the numbers, why he's doing that? And Ertz is like, not, not really. I don't really care about that. It's just awesome playing for a coach who you know he believes in you. And so what do the players think? On a on a fourth and twelve, when your coach is playing for a tie, when you're zero and two at home against a team that had the first pick in the draft last year in the Cincinnati Bengals, and you're playing for a tie there. I mean, it, it is just uh, it was the whole game. I mean, they had a third and twelve where they're throwing a wide res- wide receiver no. screen to Greg Ward so that you can kick like a fifty three yard field goal if you pick up a few yards. I mean, come on. Like this is this is no way to play. I mean, I know the offense hasn't looked good. You don't have faith in your quarterback, but you cannot play this way. It, it is and even the out- even the lead up to the uh, we talked about this and I asked yeah. Doug about it on Monday. But even even the lead up, like just basically settling for a like a fifty five yarder. What are you doing? Go get 10, 15 more yards. I don't get why coaches do this. Although I mean, I don't even understand when they settle for like a forty five yard yeah. field goal. You have to get closer. So. Um, so I thought, it is, uh, John, oh, I'm sorry. yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You first, you first. 
I, I was going to move okay. on to something else. So I, I thought ahead. Dave Phipp, uh, I appreciated his honesty when he said like the the lesson that he learned from this experience was that he he needs to prepare for for what to do if there is a penalty. He said, you know, they were they were thinking about the 59-yard field goal and he didn't think what would happen if if they were pushed back 5 yards. Uh now Doug Peterson didn't say this, but my personal opinion, uh well, I I shouldn't say my opinion, my theory of it, at least is that like in that in that 30 seconds, 25 seconds, whatever it is that, that Doug had, um, he what like he didn't have a play call prepared. He didn't have that decision ready. And typically, not. and and typically, uh, they're they're working ahead. So Doug's not making that fourth down decision on this on the fly. He, he you know he has someone in his ear, kind of going through different scenarios. And I don't think anyone in the building had it planned out for what to do if this gets pushed back five yards. And so the the default there was, well, just punt the ball. Yeah, I think like he a was coaching caught failure. By yeah, absolutely. Me. I mean, it's that's not a crazy scenario. It's a 59-yard field goal. You know, there's a chance you get a penalty. Absolutely. Take, uh, I mean, don't they they go through all these different uh, scenarios during the week, during the preseason? What happens if we this? What happens if this? You have someone uh, in your who, who's in his ear now this year? Is it still? Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's still Pagnetti. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that you know those are. Or, or you just got to react uh, react quicker. I mean, that's what you get paid to do. If, if you can't handle it because you're calling the plays and stuff, then you got to delegate that to someone else and trust them. So, and the guy who's just uh, getting destroyed by everyone this week is Matt Pryor. Like, uh, like every single answer is like, well... Oh, by the, by the team. Yes, you mean. yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, well, we had a false start. Yes. Like, like, like we were fine with the 59-yarder. You know, like it wasn't... As as Bo was yeah. saying, by the way, like a you know like a forty percent chance he's going to make that. <laughs> exactly, Doug's answer, Phipps' answer, everyone's saying like like we felt good about the fifty nine yarder. It's just real unfortunate that we had that penalty. Uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's embarrassing. That is flat out embarrassing. I mean, give me a break. Bottom of the roster guy. Ball starts on a special teams play, and that's what you're blaming your tie against the Bengals <laughs> to. That's how far. But like you're no one's killing Herbig. No one's killing Herbig for the holding that uh, that really negated a penalty. Or yeah. negated. Although negated I did think field. that was a bad call. Yeah, but I'm saying that's. Still I think a flag you're right. Up. Yeah, I watched that on film. I heard you say that after. Yeah, because they're not even called. They're not. Have you seen like yeah. these stats that are out there? They're not calling holding at all. Right. And that one was so ticky tacky. Yes. Uh, I, I I agree with you. But I mean, there were a million things that everybody screwed up in that game. <laughs> that I mean, think well, about yeah, what it's, it's not, he gave like, to. well, you know, you know, we had a, a terrible t- left tackle in this game. So other other than that, we went, <laughs> we might have won. Like, right? Yeah, they're so, just killing Breyer. The That's only true. other thing uh, on offense was uh, John Hightower. Uh, and I texted you guys about this because Bo brought it up last week about I appreciate how he was being included. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. I did. You know, I can't speak. I don't know, but I don't know when Bo responded if he took you off or if he uh, just responded to the thread. But uh, <laughs> he, he did that again in this game, sort of. He, there was like fun. a play I sent these guys where it's I think it was a run play, and he just like went after William Jackson. <laughs> but you know, this time it didn't end up that great. Jackson kind of threw him to the ground. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, rookie, but uh, I still like to see the fire. And Hightower was he carried them on that game time drive. Drive, yeah. I mean, I don't think I realized watching live that two pass interference penalties and an eleven yard catch yeah. on that drive. And the one route uh, that he got the second pi on was a nice uh, stutter go. Like they were trying to take a shot there deep, and he he caught the uh, cornerback, and the cornerback kind of just had to grab him. Otherwise, he was going to get uh, get burned deep. So uh, there are times when it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing, like that screen. To uh, Greg Ward, I think Hightower just totally like didn't block the guy, and so it got dropped for a loss. There was another uh, route he ran where it was a completion of Zach Ertz, and Hightower was like a foot away from Zach Ertz, which it, it seemed like he probably that's probably not where that uh, route distribution was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be pinned on him or not, and I hate when announcers do this, but the Wentz near interception in overtime. That was intended yes. for Hightower. I wondered if, you know, maybe he screwed something up there because that, I mean, that really could, that easily could have been an interception. Oh my God, that was terrible. There was a, but, a it was, that was uh, your boy, Jesse Bates. 
And there was a there was a there was a moment after the game when Wentz went up to Jesse Bates and they were like laughing at something. So I think either like Bates totally baited him, or it was like he was being like, "Yeah, our wide receiver was in the wrong place." Um, well. That was funny. And Hightower also like, you know, there are times when he's just like stuck at the line; he can't get off press. Um, but he's you know he's at least got a little bit of juice. It's also yeah. funny that he's got that little uh, that he's got that mean streak because he is like the the quietest of all the rookie interviews. <laughs> like oh. Wouldn't you say, Zach? Yes, yes. Like, doesn't play ball on any question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he was playing his, his – Zach was like, maybe I should do something. He's from Landover. Like, he's going to play his NFL debut in Landover. And Zach's like, you know, you know, are, are you going to have family close by? What's it going to be like? He was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they'll be watching. <laughs> oh, well. That would lend itself to a nice uh, long feature then, with uh, <laughs> material like that. Uh, all right, those were all my uh, yeah. But I would like to see more of him. You know, let a couple, think makes a couple of good things happen. Let him make some mistakes. Uh, that's a guy I you know simplify it if you need to. You know, to only certain do certain things. But uh, at least he plays with some juice and uh, and was able to make a few plays in, in sort of a critical time. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Is there uh, is there anything else we need to get to? Do you have anything else to yell at us about, Jill, from the episode the other night? Uh, well, you know, you can't. What did you predict this team to be before the season? Uh, good what question. was your record prediction? I don't remember. Because you're really, I mean, I trying know. to have it both ways with yeah, right, Zach, and the post game pod. I thought before the season, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. it could be really ugly. I mean, come on, I did give me though. A break. I'm kicking myself. Well, you said what you you picked what you thought was going to happen, and so you don't get credit for thinking. Low man wins, credit. baby. Low man wins. Okay, I don't know what that means. I was the lowest on the team in terms of final record. Yeah, is that true? I, you can't even remember what I you think said I was. The final record. Yeah, and I was well, the I one who met- said I was the one who said them third place is a good bet. Okay, so I will. Here's what you can when you you know after the next three games and during the post game pods when you're trying to take credit for <laughs> uh, for predicting all this would have happened, you can say that you thought their floor was lower than okay. Zach and I did. But okay. anything beyond that, really, That's give me fair. a break. Well, I mean, I mean I, you're, uh, the, you know, the point you're, though is that is that like I was I was like foreseeing a lot of problems with this team, but I never considered that. One of the problems would be Carson Wentz being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Right. So you didn't you didn't foresee the biggest issue with the team. Well, yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, you're you're like uh, 20 minutes away from Zach will appreciate this being like the you know the NBA writer mm. who after like a trade happens, oh yeah, you know, had heard this was coming down the line last week. Well, why <laughs> didn't you report it then? Either you knew yeah. it or you didn't know it. Anything else is just uh, patting your own pack, and nobody wants to hear about it. Patting Miles Sanders' glutes. Hmm. <laughs> That's something different. Uh, all right, Zach, what are your uh, what are your plans for the birthday tomorrow? Ah, uh, I mean, is that for the consumption <laughs> of their entire uh, listener base? Well, we don't want to. If she if she's listening, we don't want to. No, I, I mean, her here. Um, so we'll, yeah, you know, well, <laughs> he's he's like, trust me, she's, <laughs> she's not, not listening. <laughs> but no, having a, a, a okay, having so a, a nice dinner with the family and and, and different things like that. Okay. So different things like that would mean other meals. You'll have other meals with the family. Yes, correct. Yes. Like we're spe- – yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have some magic spoon for breakfast. Uh, Maybe some uh... – Place a couple bets in her name at <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And then uh, drink some Pepsi. Uh, right before bed. <laughs> right before bed, yeah. Uh, okay, what do we what do we hear over the next couple of days, Zach, before we return on YouTube at 11.30 on Friday? Yes, yeah, so monitor the injury report tomorrow. Uh, in, in particular, I say for the illnesses. I, I don't want to overstate them, but like Bo said, when you have three illnesses at the same position, uh, same room, it, it's, it's certainly something to watch out for. And then, yeah, I mean, they had they literally had five 
offensive lineman practicing today. Yes, they had Prince Tega Winogo, who's on their practice squad, right. at left tackle. So, uh, so watch that. And then, obviously, the status of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, we'll hear from a few players tomorrow as well, but uh, no coaches tomorrow. And then we'll be back with the YouTube on uh, Friday morning. Who do you think has the fewest rushing yards in Eagles history? So someone who probably has negative because there's a lot of guys who have zero, right? Correct. Okay. Um, this is a player who uh, played during, you know, your not pre were you guys covering the team, but while you were watching. Mike, I have no uh, idea. Trying to think of a quarterback who did not play very often. Uh, Three carries for negative twenty-one yards. Uh, Jeff Todd Pinkston. Oh, okay. I would not have guessed oh. Todd Pinkston. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you the top five: Todd Pinkston, a guy named Carlos Carson, a guy named Guido Merkins. So uh, shout out to uh, Anna Rumo and Golden Tate. <laughs> Also tied for fourth. Hmm. One carry for negative eight yards. So there you go. Mike Quick is also on there. That's all. It's good trivia. That's debatable. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back on Friday on YouTube and also on uh, podcasts. Oh, by the way, it's like National Podcast Day or something like that. International, so, uh, I believe. International Podcast Day. So I just wanted to say uh, on behalf of all of us, uh, Templar, wherever you are, I hope you're I hope you're in a ditch somewhere. Thanks for listening, Templar. Uh, and you know, for the rest of you, thanks for listening. So for uh, Sheil and Zach and Marissa, and for Ed Fang, I'm Bo. <laughs> and as always, we love you.